You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 343 of Podcateers. This week we talk about Disneyland becoming a super pod for vaccines. People in Japan are getting ready to live their wildest video game dreams. We talk about some Disney-inspired cookbooks that we'd like to own. And a group of Disney alumni are starting a new animation studio that you can invest in. We'd love to hear your thoughts on anything that we talk about in this episode. You can join the conversation over on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just search for Podcateers. Or you can join us on our new Discord server. You'll find a link to join us on Discord in the blog post for this episode at podcateers.com slash 343. Before we jump into the episode, we'd like to send a very special thank you to the FGP Squad, aka our podcast, Fairy Godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that helped make these episodes of Podcateers possible. Being a part of the FGP Squad family gets you some additional perks like access to the monthly FGP happy hour calls, additional discounts on gear, additional content. So if you'd like more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, you can head over to podcateers.com FGP. And as always, a super special thank you to the FGP Squad for their continued support. So that's it. Super quick intro to get us going for this episode. Stay safe out there, everyone. Here is episode 343 of Podcateers. I love it. See, when things work out, it's always a good thing. It is. It is. <laughs> uh, how's your week been? It's been okay. It's been good. We're yeah. back to school, so a little readjusting again. <laughs> oh, yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, our kids started school this week again as well. And, um, you know, uh, I forgot how excited they get during certain segments of class. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's okay when they're they're doing things that require participation, but it's not good when they're both doing things that require participation. Yeah. <laughs> at the same time that we're trying to be in a meeting for work and all we hear is like kids yelling in the background. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, you know, that's just life right now. It is. It is. And, and we hear that too. You just too. have to adjust to it. <laughs> yeah. Just rolling with it. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. We have to. There's not much more we can do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been pretty crazy over the last week. Uh, as a nation, we had a very difficult time, you know, because yeah. of, of civil unrest in Washington, D.C. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, a- as a nation, I think we, we were feeling the effects of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a personal level, uh, I also felt the pain of shattering the screen on my phone Uh, so uh. (laughs) that was a thing that happened to me (laughs) and that hurts especially when like you know it's gonna happen and then it happens and you're just like yeah it happened (laughs) yeah you know it's funny i've uh, i usually have a fairly decent case on my phone mm-hmm. and for a long time i used to put the tempered glass on the front of it as well because i felt it was added protection so if something hit the screen it broke the tempered glass and replacing that is it's a sticker basically right you right. peel it off you put a new one in and then boom you're good to go 
but I always had issues with my phone because I used to have a, an S9, a Samsung S9. And for those that are not familiar with Samsung's S series line, the edges of the screen are curved. And mm. so I could never get tempered glass that fit properly because of those curves on the edges. Mm -hmm. And I could never use it in conjunction with a decent enough case that would protect it from a fall. So I usually had to settle for one or the other. Uh, I eventually ended up finding screen protectors that didn't protect the edges, but they pl protect the flat surface of the screen. And for a while, that was okay, but the edges always kind of like started to peel up. They got mm. linty in my pocket at times, and it just looked like a hot mess. So a buddy at work told me, you know, it's got Gorilla Glass. You know, you should trust it. I was like, yeah, but it gets scratched. And he's like, no, 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 it's really good. I don't have anything on my phone, and look, mine is fine. And uh, so I took it off. Yay. And so for the past <laughs> two years... I've had a case, mm -hmm. which is, it's a fairly rugged case, as thin as possible, but right. it, it took a beating, um, but I didn't have anything on the glass. And I've dropped my phone many times. And every time, especially when it would land upside down, like uh, screen front, like screen face down, uh -huh. I would always like, ah, like, you know, your blood pressure yeah. drops and you're like, no. <laughs> and I would pick it up, dust it off and it was fine. I was like, oof, all right. Yeah, Gorilla Glass 6. And early last week, I had the phone on an end table that's just completely iron. Mm -hmm. It's got these geometric designs going around the table. And as I was placing it, I didn't realize that I didn't extend my hand far enough. And the phone dropped right onto one of the corners of that like geometric design. And the sound that it made, I remember just like squinching my eyes and thinking to myself, oh, <clears throat> my screen cracked. Dude, listening to you is like, uh. Yeah, I <laughs> went over, picked up the phone. Sure enough, cracked screen, spidered across the entire, uh, the entire glass. And what's worse is that I, I thought to myself, look, if it's broken, then whatever. You know, I'll put a screen protector on it so it doesn't continue breaking. And then I'll use it until like a phone that I want comes out. Because I know that a week away from when we're recording this episode, Sam, oh, about a week, week and a half maybe, Samsung is announcing their newest phones. And ah. I thought, okay, well, I mean, if that's the case, I'll just get one of the new phones and then I'll be kind of future-proofed for three weeks. And then, you know, something new will come out. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, I picked up the phone, dusted it off, tapped the screen, nothing. Tap the screen from further up, nothing. Oof. And then I noticed that right where the crack was, the crack happened right on the edge, like right where the curve happened mm -hmm. uh, on the lower right-hand side of the phone. Uh, if you're familiar with an Android, actually, I guess Android and uh, iPhones have the same like delineation line where at the bottom of your screen, there's a row of icons that normally it's like your frequently used apps, right? right? Sometimes people have like their phone, their browser, gallery, camera, whatever down there. So it hit just above those icons. And so everything above that, it killed the digitizer on my phone. Like Eek. I can't touch anything. 
just what's under that line. Uh, I couldn't touch it. I couldn't back it up. I couldn't access like Samsung backup. And then I remembered that I had purchased this device. It's like a USB-C converter to HDMI that essentially turns your Android phone into like a mini tablet slash computer using something called Samsung DeX, right? And using a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse, Mm -hmm. I was able to back up my phone and take all my pictures off, take all my videos off. Uh, So I couldn't access it via the screen, but using Samsung DeX, I was able to back everything up to an SD card. And I had to get a new phone. Like I couldn't not have a phone. Right. And so I ended up with something that I've been kind of wanting for a long time now Mm -hmm. Uh, a part of me still wishes this would have happened right after no wait let me rephrase that i don't wish that it happened because it was nice not having an additional payment monthly for a damn phone (laughs) right i paid this one off over a year ago now or about ish a year ago and uh it was nice not having that additional payment one thing that i did want was i wanted a device that had a reliable stylus like mm-hmm. i wanted to be able to sketch on my phone like i used to yeah and i remembered that the last good experience i had with that was with my note i had a note three a long time ago and i used to love drawing on that thing so i got a note again yay and now i have the s pen i can draw it's it's nice I don't like the fact that I have a payment for a phone monthly again. Yeah. But it's nice having a working phone. Definitely. And having the S Pen now is a plus. Silver linings. (laughs) Yeah, silver lining. So uh, it started off rough, but I guess uh, overall my my personal week, you know, started off rough with this. But, you know, I get new phone, I guess, new year. It's a good way to start off, I guess. Trying to see... Like you said, the silver lining in the whole We're thing. trying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trying to trying to spin it in a positive way. But I'm happy with it. I, I was able to restore my phone to all the stuff that it used to have. And it gave me an opportunity to clean up a bunch of stuff that I just didn't need to have on the phone anymore. And just made a backup in our archive and everything. So it was good. Cool. But uh, I will say that... Because it's a newer device, I did have to buy a new charger that supports like fast wireless charging because mine was the original version mm. of wireless charging mm-hmm. or like what like one of the first two generations. Yeah. And I tried charging it on this one and it is slow. Like, <laughs> ridiculously slow. So I had to buy a new fast charger. I had to buy uh new earbuds because mm. No more headphone jack, yep. just like the iPhones. Yep. That was the thing I liked about my S9, that it still had a headphone jack. So I ended up having, oh no, I'm like complaining, right? Because I had to buy new earbuds. This is now like an Amazon plug, I guess. But there's a company whose products I've been buying stuff from for a few years now. And I've been super, super happy with them because they're budget headphones, but they sound really good for the price. And the company is called Empow. Okay. Uh, I ended up getting two different ones to test out. I got something called the Empow M9 and something called the Empow Mbits S, as in Sam. They were like 20 bucks, 20, 25 bucks. And the differences between them are that the battery lasts longer on one of them, they have a slightly longer range. Um, 
They're IPX8 certified so that if it's raining, you're sweating, whatever, you know, they're protected. But they have the similar design to the the Apple EarPods mm-hmm. where it's just kind of like that little stem that sticks out of your ear. Yeah. The reason I like these over other manufacturers that have that similar design is that, you know, the, uh, do you own the Apple EarPods? I do. Okay, so you know how the earpods or even their old headphones were just like a plastic piece that you stuck inside of your head? Yep. So the reason I like these is because they have like a little rubber tip to them. Oh, okay. That it, it's got like three different sizes and it allows it to kind of stay in your ear a little oh, bit I better. Oh, I like those. At least in my weird ears, they fit a lot better than the other style. But I mean, these sound great. They were like, 25 bucks and to just listen to podcasts and spotify or you know whatever it is when i'm cleaning the house or working on something or outside cleaning the yard these are great they don't fall out of my head uh if anyone is interested i will put a link to these headphones both of them uh in the blog post for the episode podcasters.com slash 342 um you know, I've tested a lot of different Bluetooth headsets, mm-hmm. and this Empow company, I don't think they've ever disappointed me. Nice. I've purchased okay. larger noise-canceling headsets. I got my wife a headset um, like for work, just like a Bluetooth one that's noise-canceling so that when she's working, she can drown out the other sounds, like the kids screaming all day, <laughs> so she can work a little easier. Yeah. Uh, I've gotten these. I got some for work. I've gotten them as gifts, and... Not once have they disappointed. So You know what? Meant to be because I kind of need a pair. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I do. I definitely recommend these. Uh, hashtag not sponsored. I just want to throw that out there. This is not a sponsorship. I own, no joke, five different pairs of MPOW headsets. I have an old version that loops over your ear, and they are Bluetooth, but these had a cable on them. And so when I was uh, wearing these, the cable would normally get caught on the collar of my shirt Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, when I would turn my head, it would pull the other one out of my ear. And but sound wise, these are fantastic. I love these. Then I have, you know, a couple of full headsets, you know, that I wear. Yeah, uh, I couldn't recommend them more. Uh, I should start reviewing these. I'm going to start putting up videos just like, and blah, blah, blah. I'm a reviewer now. Let's do an unboxing. Well, here's the thing. I mean, you could recommend, and you never know who might need one. I'm, For instance, like I said, I need new pair because one is, like, dying off of me. So the battery doesn't even oh, last. that's not cool. Yeah. So imagine wanting to hear music, and you could only hear one side, and it's time for a new pair. Yeah, especially knowing, like, you and I are very similar in the way that whenever we dive into work, like, if that music or something isn't playing in the background, it's hard to get in that zone yes. to work. And, like, I totally feel you. When Whenever I've had issues like that, oh, man, I feel you. I'll send you a link. Okay. These are nice. Like I said, for 20 25 bucks, you cannot go wrong with these. Uh, anyway... That's the story of how I got a new device because my Butterfingers would not place my phone properly the end. onto a table. <laughs> the end. All right. Great episode. See you guys next week. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, you know, 
I know people may have been expecting part two of the Haunted Mansion episode to be out this week, but I wanted to give it a little bit of space. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes, you know, those episodes are pretty big. And considering how long we recorded for this one, not everybody gets a chance to listen to the episode on launch week. Right. And because of that, I wanted to be able to have conversations with uh, a handful of people about it before we present part two. So part two is going to be coming very soon. So stick around for that. And obviously, once it's out, you'll see it posted on Instagram and uh, all that good stuff. So uh, but I did want to talk about some some really good news, actually, to start off, because, like I said, last week with everything that went on, uh, it was kind of a bummer. But news broke mm-hmm. that Disneyland is going to be a super pod to vaccinate people for COVID-19. Yeah, it's pretty exciting news. That is one of the most positive things to happen in Anaheim in a while because mm-hmm. Anaheim for months was kind of uh, it was surging super hard. Yeah, we were, it was a hot spot. Yeah, for quite a bit too. Yeah. The Disney company in general, I think, uh, has been having issues with how to open the parks and how to still stay within guidelines. And uh, honestly, the most difficult part is that regardless of what they do outside of what the resort is, if people aren't following the rules, businesses can't reopen. Mm -hmm. Right. And so using Disneyland as a, a super pod or point of dispensing site, that's what pod stands for. Uh, is fantastic because one people are familiar two uh, it'll allow people to get a little bit of that Disney magic while they're getting a vaccine and uh, more importantly Anaheim is aiming to vaccinate all of their residents by July 4th of this year from everything that I've heard and everything that I've read once you get the vaccine you're not immediately immune to COVID-19. Your body has to react. Your body has to create the antibodies. It basically has to create the blueprint on how to kill this virus if your body comes in contact with it. Right. So that normally takes about two weeks. The second vaccine is kind of also to help with that. And the reason people end up having symptoms after the second a vaccination shot is because by then your body recognizes it and thinks you have it mm-hmm. and so it's reacting the way that it needs to in order to get rid of it because right. now it has the blueprint that's why some people feel some of those symptoms but uh if there's a two-week period you know where people are uh, you know immune right mm-hmm. july 4th That's great because that's two weeks essentially before Disneyland's birthday. Yes. Which means that if on record people in Anaheim, and I don't know what they're going to do, right? Because I don't know what any other counties are planning on. This was just part of what was being reported. Uh, If Anaheim on record can have people vaccinated as soon as possible within two weeks of the last vaccination, they can reopen. Yeah. And if they can reopen to that county, 
that's already huge because people can start going back to work. People can, you know, feel much safer about returning to the parks. I think that rollout is going to begin to trickle out to other counties and other cities as well. Mm -hmm. And hopefully they're able to keep records of how many people they get vaccinated and when and people don't fight it. Because that's really why we are where we are, right? Right. Because people just didn't want to follow instructions and they didn't want to wear a mask when they went out and they didn't want to be safe about it. And so we're in the position we're in because, you know, of instances like that. Mm -hmm. Ideally, after the last vaccination is made and hopefully they're able to roll it out sooner because that would mean that two weeks after the last vaccination, it'll be fully ready to open and i'm thinking that they may not wait that long i think that once a good percentage of of uh the county has been vaccinated they'll probably require you to show some kind of proof that you've received the vaccination Mm -hmm. and they'll probably start attempting to reopen i don't know maybe three weeks into the rollout Because by then, the first batch of people will be past a two-week period, and it'll be safer. And if you can present some kind of proof that you've been vaccinated once or twice, then it'll be safer for you to get into the park by then. So I'm sure that we'll hear more about that later on, Mm -hmm. uh, especially considering that Disney has been planning on uh, possibly expanding the the eating and the shopping into Avengers campus. Like that's been a rumor that's been floating around this last week to week and a half. Uh, I personally don't think that's a good idea. I think they should wait. Because, Uh, yeah, I feel like it would cheapen the experience. You need to open it up with fanfare. I mean, that's what I would think. It's a brand new area. Why would you just open it? But, you know, I'm just happy about... At the end of the tunnel, that light is getting brighter. So right? I- I'm just like, I'm just excited. I, there's a lot more hope and we could probably see each other in a couple of months. I know. That is promising. <laughs> I know. You know, I do see one challenge with, <clears throat> you know, because once everything starts to get back to quote unquote normal. Right. Uh, There is going to be one huge challenge for me going back to work, especially. And that is that I don't think they're going to let me work in sweats or basketball shorts, which is it's been my comfort choice for the last year now since we've been uh, sequestered. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, uh, it's not business casual. So I have to get used to wearing office pants again. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Feels good. I'm gonna see if they'll just shove me in a corner, and just be like, "Look, don't send anybody my way. Just let me work in shorts. It'll be fine." <laughs> <laughs> so we're excited about this. Uh, we'll put some of the information as it stands uh, on the blog post for the episode over at podcasters.com/slash-three-forty-three. Uh, not much more is available at this time. But as information makes itself available as far as when it's going to start, um, I don't think they've made it available to everybody. I think they're still going to follow the tiers of who is eligible and right. 
uh, like the process that they have, like mm-hmm. those that are most at risk, et cetera, and that they're going to work their way backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have that information yet, but uh, I think as early as next week, uh, I know that you're going to have to make an appointment uh, through an app, but I don't have much more information available uh, outside of that. But as soon as it does, we'll make sure to post it and we'll make sure to update everything that we can so that if you're eligible and a resident of Anaheim, that you go and, you know, start this rollout. Because like you said, Mel, being able to see each other again and being able to hang out in person. Uh, I'm yes. So looking forward to that again. Yes, definitely. So looking forward to it again. Uh, cool. So, yeah, I, I have to agree with you. The The fanfare for Avengers Campus definitely has to happen. Uh, you know, opening a new churro card or opening, you know, e- even re-theming an attraction, it, they, they have the fanfare and everything, but if yeah. you just kind of opened it, it's one thing, right? But right. like you said, it's a whole land. Mm-hmm. And it's a land that we've been anticipating since the opening of Mission Breakout. Yeah. Don't believe me? Go back and look at the pictures of the Avengers hatch that was planted right next to Mission Breakout. <laughs> and then we all thought, like, well, are Ninja Turtles going to pop out of here? No, because <laughs> Ninja Turtles aren't Marvel. Come on now. What's wrong with you? But... We've been anticipating it ever since. We knew something Marvel was coming. We started getting inklings of it little yeah. by little at D23, and it started coming out. Then, boom, Avengers Campus. Everything. And now we are finally get a chance to open it almost a year after it was originally supposed to open. <laughs> but, hey, uh, I'm happy. I, I'm glad that we're getting it. And I can't wait to see what they have in store for us because, you know, uh, the Avengers uh, especially are one of my favorite properties that Disney owns. And uh, especially with some of the stuff that they've done overseas with Marvel and just the Avengers in general. uh, I'm really looking forward to what this area is going to be like. Um, Oh, oh, hey, speaking of areas, Mm. did you... Did you get a chance to watch the video for Super Nintendo World? Yes. <laughs> okay, so I know it's not Disney, but it's ah, Nintendo. Damn, it's so good. <laughs> it is. Okay, so look, I love Nintendo stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember freaking out as a little kid when I got my first NES, the original Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, last year, I went uh, on the internet hunt to try to get one of those NES ornaments. And I remember how much I freaked out when I finally got one. Uh, I ended up getting a couple of other, uh, the original 8-bit Mario and Luigi ornaments to represent both of my kids. And I got the original Zelda cartridge ornament. It's all gold and it looks super nice. And uh, I mean, I've loved these games since I was a kid, right? Mm -hmm. You know, although Disney took us into Cars Land first and kind of made us a, you know, a part of that world in this immersive space. Right. It was really universal and the opening of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter that took it to a whole freaking level. Elevated. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, entering Radiator Springs is one thing, but you're not a car. You feel foreign 
to that area, right? It's just kind of cool that you're walking around it, Mm -hmm. which is why I'm so excited about Avengers Campus because it's human characters, right? It's not like a, a car. And the Wizarding World put you into the world of being a wizard and everything inter- like things interacted with your wand and you can go do the things that you've seen in the films or read in the books and it was just an experience unlike any other that we've seen in a theme park now universal is bringing us super nintendo world and it is <laughs> awesome it is there's so many elements to this whole world that just oh I, I don't even know where to start like even just the beginning well if you haven't seen the video i'm so sorry to spoil this but if you've ever wondered how it's like or what it's like to walk through the pipes the green pipes you have your answer you have the use yes <laughs> yeah i mean they've taken the immersive experience and mm-hmm. once again created this world that i mean it makes you feel truly truly that you are there yes right you're they have these like power bracelets where you can collect coins and you know you just like the wands at the wizarding world they interact with panels and the mm-hmm. fact that you can run around and jump and punch a question block and yes you know your your band collects coins just like if you're playing a video game the animatronics that they have of the piranha plants and the Mm -hmm. Koopa Troopas. And it just looks so amazing. You feel like you're playing the game yourself. Right. Like you are now the video game character. I know a lot of people that have had uh, universal passes because Mm -hmm. uh, one, they're way less expensive than what the Disney annual pass used to cost. On top of that, they didn't have as many blackout dates as the Disneyland passes did. So normally what people would do is they would get, you know, a Disney pass. And whenever they were blocked out, they would use their Universal pass and they would go spend the day at Universal Studios, at least here in in California. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense, you know, especially for the cost of what it was. This is the first time that I feel inclined to get a pass for Universal Studios. Well, not now, because obviously we don't have it here in Hollywood yet. This is in Japan. But once it opens here in Hollywood, it's the first time I've thought to myself, I need a Universal Studios pass. Okay, same. Same. It wasn't Harry Potter that sold me. It's Nintendo that's selling me. <laughs> um, but really? Oh, man. I would love to travel to Japan just to see like the bulk of it, like everything that we've seen in the I video. Know. Cause I know we're going to get like a little bit of it cause of space. Right? And we know space cause Disneyland. So we understand, but I really, this is like, this is making me want to go to Japan. Sure. I could have mm-hmm. said Disney, but it's, there's something different, and I, I think it has to be with our generation because we grew up with this straight up. Yeah. And to see it come alive and to be able to step into that video game that we all know and love, 
they did an amazing job. So, yeah, I want to go to Japan within five, ten years, whenever we can. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, by then, hopefully, the one here and the one in Orlando will be open, and then you won't have to travel all the way to Japan. You'll be able to travel within the states to see it. But, I mean, I love the fact that they took elements not just from the original Mario game, but kind of the collection. Because yes. uh, 2020 was Super Mario's 35th anniversary. Mm -hmm. And so they took things and elements from all the Mario games and they've kind of integrated it into this one land. And, I mean, they even have a Mario Kart racing attraction. Yeah. You know, they got like these little VR goggles that look like Mario's visor from his cap. There's a special trophy that you can get because you're playing there. I don't, I, I mean, I haven't researched this, but how cool would it be if you have a Switch and you can somehow copy that trophy and make it a part of your game on the Switch? Ooh, that would be cool. Yeah. Right? So I'm sure that eventually Nintendo will, will begin to tie those things in if they haven't already. But watching the video with uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, which is uh, the president of Nintendo and Mario's dad, <laughs> uh, he walked us through the land itself. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I it was breathtaking to see. Yeah. Looking at this... Like I, it makes me wonder what other video games or what other properties can you do like this that would give you this type of experience. I, I know Disney's doing this with a lot of their parks. It happens a lot more overseas than it does here, uh, especially considering that at Disneyland proper, we don't have a lot of space. You know, when we got Galaxy's Edge here in Southern California – they ended up getting rid of Big Thunder Ranch. They mm -hmm. got rid of the offices that were back there. They got rid of uh, the Circle D Corral. They yeah. got rid of a lot of things that have been there since the opening of Disneyland just to make space for Galaxy's Edge. Which, by the way, I mean, there's a whole other rumor mill and everything with Galaxy's Edge right now where really? because of the success of The Mandalorian... It looks like they're going to be converting Galaxy's Edge to Mandalorian theme. There's not a lot of confirmation coming from Disney on that. It looks like it's just a lot of rumors about it. But, yeah, that would be interesting. Wink, wink. But if that happens, <laughs> that's fantastic because it that is. means that we're going to get Mando there. We're going to get Fett. We're going to get... Uh, Grogu. I mean, imagine having a Grogu photo op. Yes. <laughs> I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Uh, yeah, I would love that to be the case. But uh, anyway, so Disney has these immersive ex experiences. We're getting them with like the Zootopia land and all these other things that they're building. But I, I feel like a lot of them... Uh, especially now because there's going to be a lot of budget cuts because of what's been happening over the last year. Um, it's going to be like Radiator Springs, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to be something that you walk into and hopefully you can interact with it. And hopefully it's, it's more than just the scenery. 
you know, but right. the the interaction level and how you fit into the world is really what's going to sell it. That's why I think that Avengers Campus is going to be successful because, I mean, how many kids do you know that if if they don't do the princess thing or they don't do, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. they're doing the superhero thing. If they're not doing the Star Wars thing, you know, there's there's a segment for everybody. Right. But how many how many people, not just kids, but how many people would love to be a superhero? Now you can be. Right. You know, at Avengers Campus. And so I'm happy about that. But I know I'm going to be like little kid opening <laughs> a Nintendo at Christmas for the first time. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, when it finally opens here in, in Hollywood, if I haven't gone anywhere else yet. But uh, if you haven't seen the video, you have to watch it. It's so good, especially if you're a Nintendo fan. Uh, I'll put it in the blog post, podcateers.com slash 342, if you want to check it out. It is so worth it to see everything that you're getting. There's going to be themed, like, everything, like popcorn buckets. Yeah. Uh, like, with crazy flavors, like caramel peach and mushroom-flavored popcorn. Ooh. I know some of you heard that and are like, ah, cringe, ah, mushroom-flavored popcorn. But... I I'll like mushrooms <laughs> and I'm like totally for this right now. Right. I don't, you know, so I'm good with that. They have a lot of really great themed foods. They have a toad cafe where toad is the chef. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I watched the video. I just like, you're going to be angry that it's not open here yet. Maybe yeah, don't watch exactly. it then. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's up to you. Uh, I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to it opening. And, uh, you know, let's talk about it. Let's talk about what Disney could do to match this. Mm -hmm. you know, join us over yeah. on Discord and let's start a conversation about this. Because it's been, uh, yeah, I'm kind of jealous. I'm not going to lie. Kind of jealous I am about too. It. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Discord, this last week uh, we were having a conversation about recipes and different, oh, yeah. uh, different cookbooks and stuff. So quick shout out to Heather and Adriana for their posts about that because uh, Adriana recently started testing a lot of the Disneyland foods like the corn dog, the churros and all that stuff from one of the cookbooks that uh, she and her friend recently got. It got me thinking... You know, maybe it's time for me to start enriching my Disney Foods book catalog, right? Because <laughs> yeah. I I recently got three more books and I'm super happy about them because they're 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 books that I've wanted for a while now. I was I don't know why it took me so long to figure this out, but I got a bunch of gift cards for Amazon for Christmas. And I was trying to figure out, like, the perfect thing to buy for myself, right? Because right. usually I'll end up with, like, buyer's remorse. I'm like, ah, why did I get this? I should have gotten this <laughs> instead. But I ended up getting three books that I've been wanting for some time now. As soon as I got them, I was like, yep, best decision ever. Yep. I, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I ended up getting Chris Nichols's Walt Disney's Disneyland book. It's the big Toshin book. I got... Uh, an older book called Disneyland, Then, Now, and Forever. Yes. And then I got 
the Walt Disney Film Archives 40th Anniversary Toshin Book. Uh, this is a smaller version of the large collector's book that they put out for the mm-hmm. same date range. But I like this one because it's a lot smaller. Uh, it's easier to read. The other one's more like a tabletop book. It's not really like a sit down and read it style book. Uh-huh. Um, so everyone that gave me an Amazon gift card from our family and our friends, my coworkers, thank you so much because you contributed to my library in a way that I can't even begin to thank you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I can't wait till I'm able to break these open and start reading them. Uh, I just got them a couple of days ago, so I'm pretty happy about that. But yeah, the cookbooks. Uh, I started thinking, like, what are some cookbooks that I absolutely need to have? And so I've been researching what some of the better books are uh, regarding, like, different Disney recipes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I have a short list of the books that I think I should get. But if anyone listening has any recommendations about which books you think we should get or if you have any recommendations for anyone else listening, uh, please share it over on Discord. Let us know which books you think have some of the better recipes. I imagine that a lot of these have similar recipes, but none of these are official You know, they're all books that people write on their own. And so there's going to be some variations to the recipes. And so I'm assuming that as you're trying them out, some like let's say the churro recipe in one book is going to taste better than the churro recipe in another. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, do you own any Disney cookbooks? I do not. I own other different books <laughs> oh i know cookbooks <laughs> i know what your library looks like and <laughs> you have an awesome disney book library um yeah you know the disney cookbooks i'm even surprised at myself that i don't own any yeah i mean i'm such a <laughs> damn snack bar that i would have figured that i had <laughs> you know something i went back to my amazon wish list because I wanted to start cleaning it up because there's there's a lot of books that I've purchased already for myself that I had to remove from the wish list. And then I was looking through it and I thought, oh, yeah, not Disney related, but the Good Eats trilogy that Alton Brown put out mm-hmm. is on there. And I'm thinking, like, I think it's time to get this. Like, I need this in my life. I'm a huge <laughs> Alton Brown fan and I was a huge fan of Good Eats back in the day. So uh, anyway, back to the Disney cookbooks. Uh are there any in particular that you've seen that you you want to get? Yeah, I have a few. Okay, so the first one, I actually I give Lynette props to this because she mentioned it to me. But it made me think because I'm like, yeah, I would totally use this because I love the food over at Galaxy's Edge. So it would be the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, um, the official Black Spire Outpost cookbook. Yes, yes. So I don't know how many official Disney cookbooks there are. Ah. But when she showed this to me, I got pretty excited. Uh, I did put this on my wish list. I think it's going to be something that I'm going to be ordering soon. Uh, Yeah, there's a couple things at Galaxy's Edge that I've really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And if I could recreate them at home, I would be super happy. Right. 
I would try them too, even though it may not come out the same way. Oh, it's definitely not when I make it. <laughs> I can already tell you that if I take a crack at this, it's going to look nothing like it. Right. But look, <laughs> part of the fun of cooking is messing, messing things up mm-hmm. and trying it again and eventually getting something that looks halfway edible. Right. <laughs> and, you know, that's, where you, yeah, yeah, that's part of the, the joy of cooking. so my second one is i mean holidays it has to be holidays so there's the delicious disney holidays the it's by disney chefs with recipes um by pam brandon but if i could kind of recreate some of the desserts during the holidays yes Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with you. I, I mean, there's a certain magic to some of the food that you get at the resort uh, whenever it's a holiday, right? Whether it's Christmas, mm-hmm. whether it's Halloween, whether it's a special event for something. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think back to the 60th anniversary when we did the 24-hour day and they had the free cupcakes that you could get that said 60th oh, yeah. anniversary. Look, it was a standard vanilla cupcake, okay? <laughs> it was in any other setting. I'm not going to lie. In any other setting, this would have been a cupcake that you find at a five-year-old's birthday party, okay? It was a box of cake mix put into cupcake you know, cups <laughs> and then add some damn frosting and a little chocolate diamond that's at 60th anniversary, but because I had it at Disneyland, it was the best freaking cupcake I've ever had. <laughs> All right? I don't even care what people told me. I was stuffing those damn cupcakes in my mouth like I was getting paid for it. And <laughs> I regret nothing. Oh, fun times. It was fun times. <laughs> it was. So, yeah, I got to agree with you. Uh, that one is definitely on my list as well. And then my third one, only because I've seen this one I've seen it post a few times in October, and I have no clue why I, I don't even have it, just because I love Nightmare a lot. But um, Zach Neal has a book, and it's the Nightmare Before Dinner Recipes to Die For. Shut up. Yeah. So, I mean, if I'm going to try something, it might as well be something I really like. What? <laughs> Okay, yeah. wait a second. I got to add this to my list. Hold on. What is it called again? It's uh, by Zach Neal, and it's the Nightmare, Before, the Nightmare Before Dinner Recipes to Die For. It's actually the Beetle House cookbook. Oh, my God. I just looked it up on Amazon. This is fantastic. You are welcome. <laughs> oh, I'm adding this to my list. You know, and look, I don't know about you, but... I've seen that a lot of these cookbooks are available on Kindle. And if you mm-hmm. don't have a Kindle, you can download the Kindle app for, you know, iOS and Android. You just pay for it, log in with your Amazon account, and then boom, the book shows up. Mm-hmm. But I feel that a lot of these books, you're almost doing an injustice to the chefs and writers by not having the physical book that you can open up in front of you. I I don't know. Like, I've tried using cookbooks on a tablet before, and it's not the same. No. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is about having... I'm, I don't know if it's just me. I don't know if I'm the only one that's weird like that. If anybody out there listening has the same experience, let me know. Tell me I'm crazy or tell me I'm not crazy. 
but <laughs> like all of these i feel like i need to like i need to have and the fact that this is the beetle house like official cookbook mm-hmm. that's pretty awesome yeah oh yeah i'm adding this one so do you have any more i do not okay so remember like like i said earlier i don't know how many official Disney cookbooks there are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Disney's been along for real, uh, around for a really long time, so I'm assuming that at some point they made it a point to have Mickey try to teach you how to cook. Uh, there's a really popular book, and I don't know if it's popular because it's a collector's book by now, but it was released in the mid-'70s. It's called Walt Disney's Mickey Mouse Cookbook. And that was an official Disney cookbook. Uh, It's harder to get because it's been out of print for a while. But that's one that I've wanted for a while. Uh, They made another one that I think came out in the 80s. No, it came out in 1990 called Walt Disney's Mickey Mouse Cookbook. That was also an official uh, Disney cookbook. Oh, wow. And then a few years later, uh, there was another official cookbook called Mickey's Gourmet Cookbook, Most Popular Recipes from Walt Disney World and Disneyland. And so that one's also been one that's been difficult to find because of the fact that it's been out of print for so long. Right. Um, So I'm assuming that There's way more official Disney cookbooks than that. I'd have to research it and try to figure out like how many or to see what the complete list looks like. But Mm -hmm. those are just some of the ones that I found that I know that I want. Uh, As far as cookbooks now uh, or unofficial books, there's the book that Adriana was talking about on the Discord server called The Unofficial Disney Parks Cookbook by Ashley Craft. Uh, As the book itself has a beautiful layout as far as the pictures and the recipes. Uh, I was kind of leafing through it and uh, they have some previews on Amazon of what it looks like and everything. And I, I love that one. That's definitely on my list of books that I want to get soon. Uh, there's another book that's been around for a while by Marcy Carricker Smothers called Eat Like Walt, The Wonderful World of Disney Food. Uh, That's another one that I've really, really been wanting to get. Um, And then there was another book that I was curious about called Disney Cookbook, The Cookbook on the Dishes Based on the Famous Disney Movies. Ooh. Yeah, and that was that that one is by Jasmine Anderson, also available on Amazon. Uh if you're looking for any of these books, head over to the blog post at podcasters.com slash three forty three. Uh I'll put links to all of those books that we're mentioning in the blog post. Uh I do have to let you know though that we are an Amazon affiliate and they are Amazon affiliate links. So using them will provide us with a small commission if you purchase them through our link. Uh but if you're interested, we'll list them there. And then again, if you want to join the conversation as far as what books you recommend, any particular recipes, uh head over to the Discord server and join the conversation there with us. We have a special section just for food in the parks over on discord (laughs) uh, because we love the meals and stuff that they have in the parks 
If you're not part of the Discord server, you can head over to the blog post and there will be an invite link there that you can click on. It'll launch over to Discord and you can just join the server from there. Uh, we'd love to have you. It's been fun chatting with people uh, since we started it. And it, you know, it's a small community, but it's getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it, it's been super fun. Uh, well, before we talk about the final thing that we wanted to bring up today, uh, I do want to remind you that this episode of Pocketeers is brought to you by a fantastic group of listeners known as the FGP Squad. The FGP Squad are a group of listeners just like you that help us out with a monthly contribution via Patreon. FGP stands for Fairy Godparents. And it's those contributions that help make these episodes of Podcateers possible. Uh, if you want more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, you can head over to podcateers.com slash FGP for more information. Uh, being a part of the FGP Squad family gets you some additional perks like discounts on gear, additional content, access to our monthly FGP happy hour calls via Zoom. Uh, oh, our, our next one's coming up soon. Yeah. I just remembered. Yeah. I, actually, it's after the launch of this episode. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. yeah. The last one that we had was super fun, so I'm looking forward to this next one. Uh, you know, our podcast uh, is uh, what I like to call minivan friendly. It is rated G slash PG at times. But the happy hour calls tend to skew to the more adult side. And so, you know. Uh, if if that's something that you would like to partake in, uh, you can join the FGP squad. Uh, you can get more information on becoming part of the FGP squad by going to podcateers.com slash FGP, and that will allow you to be a part of these monthly Zoom calls. And, of course, to all of the members of the FGP squad, thank you very much for your continued support. We're looking forward to the next uh, happy hour call. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so the last thing I wanted to bring up before we wrap up today's episode is, uh, are you familiar with the name Tom Bancroft? Not too familiar. So Tom Bancroft and his brother Tony uh, have the Bancroft Brothers podcast, right? And uh, mm -hmm. both of them have worked at the Disney company. They are animators. Tony went on to to uh, start up a company called Tunacious Family Entertainment. Uh, ah. He's, you know, he's worked with other animation companies as well. But Tom uh, is uh, one of the animators that's best known for working on films like Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, Pocahontas, Mulan, Brother Bear. Um, nice. He, yeah, he created Mushu. Oh, Okay. Uh, he worked at Disney for about 13 years, a uh, total of like nine Disney movies. And in 2000, uh, he left, you know, to do his own thing. And he's starting this really cool new project that it, kind of like Kickstarter or GoFundMe where people create a product. Right. You know, that you can pre-purchase, you can invest in it and, and, you know, be a part of the startup of this product. Mm-hmm. Tom is doing something unique where using a platform called WeFunder, you can invest in his new animation studio called Pencilish. That's cool. I have a few questions, but I think that's pretty cool. Uh, 
it's an opportunity for anyone who's dreamed of being an animator. And if you've got the the funds to invest, go for it. Follow your dreams. <laughs> exactly. And here's the thing. Uh, Pencil-ish is, you know, whenever you see these types of opportunities on GoFundMe and other similar sites, you know, at times you don't know a lot about the people producing the product, right? Right. And so you always have doubts and sometimes you just kind of have to follow your gut and there's no guarantee that you're going to get this product. But this one in particular, I feel has this really, really great opportunity to thrive uh, in this space because uh, I'll, from and look, I'm going to read a few bullet points from their WeFunder page, okay? Mm -hmm. It says, why you may want to invest in us. One, Tom and his team have worked on films that have grossed over $3 billion total worldwide. Two, global animation is a $259 billion market opportunity. Three, advisor Steve Beth, a Fortune 100 executive and founding president at Disney Interactive Worldwide, is a part of it. Four, CEO, a Disney alumni, has... $225,000 plus Instagram followers. And if you're wondering who the CEO and Disney alumni uh, they're talking about in that bullet point, it's Tom Bancroft. So Tom Bancroft will be serving as CEO. Steve Macbeth is an advisory board member. He's the Fortune 100 executive. He worked for 25 years at the Disney Company and WellPoint. He's the founding president at Disney Interactive Worldwide. And oh, wow. he was responsible for leading the consumer products division in North America. Uh, one of the other co-founders is Ash Grayson. He's had you know 20 years of, exper of experience in the media space. Uh, he's had clients like Lionsgate, Sony Pictures, Focus Features, Paramount, and so on. Tony Bancroft, Tom's brother, is mm -hmm. also an advisory board member. You know, he went on to create Pumbaa for The Lion King, Kronk from The Emperor's New Groove. Nice. Uh, he co-directed Mulan. Uh, he was the lead animator on Space Jam for the new Oh, one. wow. Okay. Um, Aaron Blaze, also an advisory board member, Disney director, writer, animator. Wow. Uh, he's worked in feature animation for 21 years. Uh, he's the co-director of Brother Bear. Uh, Christopher Joe, also advisory board member. And then Jason Brown, another board member. He's currently the CEO of, uh, High, of Higher Studios, Inc. They've produced stuff for Netflix, for Walmart. Um, he's, I mean, he's created different products for different streaming services. It's a group of people that have been in the industry for a long time independently they've grossed a ton of money they know what they're doing a lot of them coming from disney know how to tell a story because you know they've worked on these feature films right and more importantly you know animation is especially this last year i feel that animation played a really big role in keeping people sane mm -hmm. right because when you think of Hollywood on its own, 
Hollywood couldn't do anything. They couldn't produce films. They couldn't get together to film TV shows until much, much later in the year because we were all trying to stay away from each other because we were all trying to quarantine. But think of animated features. Think of TV shows. You can work remotely on these things. Mm -hmm. You can send them to somebody to edit. You can, you know, you can work remotely on animated features and you could still get something fantastic. You know, so it's a thriving industry, especially when you can do it right. And you have the type of experience that this group of people has putting the studio together. And again, it's such a unique opportunity to invest in an animation studio where you can invest, I think the minimum is $100. Uh, and I think as of the recording of this episode, they've, I think they've raised just over $276,000 um, by almost 600 investors. And they have like a pre-money valuation of around eight fifty, I think right now. So... If you wanted to, you could buy stock in the company. There's not a lot of opportunities like this. Right. And There's a lot of potential. if you ever wanted to invest. Yeah, exactly. And so if you wanted, I mean, if you ever wanted to be a part of, you know, the next big thing, this might be it. Like, mm-hmm. we can't guarantee that, obviously. We're not right. financial advisors. We're not telling you go invest in this. You're going to make a million dollars or anything. We're telling you that if you've ever been interested, if you're interested in animation, this might be something that you want to look into. Uh, it's super unique, and I, I know I am going to strongly consider it. I haven't decided yet if I'm going to be able to invest or not, but it's something that I'm considering. I know being a part of a new studio like this, ah, there's so much potential there. It's just the amount of actually just going through the bullet points and just hearing the amount of just knowledge that these folks have. It's incredible. It is incredible. Mm -hmm. So I would not blame you for wanting to invest. And I would encourage it. I mean, for that price, I mean, it's I know there's tears. But to be a part of this and see it potentially grow, yes, especially like you had mentioned during these times, that's a golden ticket opportunity, (laughs) practically. Yeah, like I said, it's a great opportunity. Obviously, there's some risks. Um, And, you know, it's great because on the WeFunder page, um, I haven't read through the whole thing, but... They do have a section with some of the risks. It's great for them to list that because they're basically telling you this is not guaranteed. Just like anything that you invest in. Nothing's ever a guarantee, um, but the potential is there. And Mm -hmm. uh, if you want more information, we recommend that you go to wefunder.com slash pencilish. Uh, I'm going to put the link in the blog post for the episode. Again, podcateers.com slash 342. But uh, I'm going to read through it a little bit more. There's some terms and some investor perks that you can get if you decide to buy stock versus the investment process. But I don't know. I, I, I I think to myself, like, what would have happened if I invested in 
You know, if I was around to invest in like Disney or Apple or Pixar or, you know, any of these companies, you know, and now look where you are or where Mm -hmm. you would be, right? This is kind of the same thing. I I don't know. I'm strongly going to consider it. I can't guarantee anything, but there's a lot of comic companies that have, you know, moved over to doing animation because companies like Netflix and now Disney Plus and uh, Hulu, like all these streaming services are looking for content. You know, everybody is trying to go for the crown of content king. And Mm -hmm. obviously, the more content that's made available to people, the better that service is going to be. And, you know, this might be the next studio that, you know, just creates some of the best content we've ever seen. And who knows? Maybe they're not, you know, but right. (laughs) You never know. You never know. Let's revisit this in another year. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see where they are in a year. So actually, let's do that. Let's let's talk about it again in about a year and let's see where they stand. And let's see if it was indeed a good investment or mm-hmm. the start of a good investment. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, okay, well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. If you have any questions about anything that we talked about, feel free to shoot us over a message. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, you can join us over on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, a Discord. You can leave a comment on the blog for this episode. But that's it. Anything else that you want to say, Melissa, before we wrap up today? Nope. I no? feel inspired. <laughs> I know. I know. Me too. All right. So that's going to wrap it up. So... Until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye.